Welcome to Bunny Hugs and Mental Health, the podcast that deals with all things mental health. We talk to professionals, survivors, and loved ones about their sometimes informative, sometimes uplifting, and sometimes tragic stories. I'm your host of the show, Todd Rennebaum, advocate, recovering addict, experienced sufferer of depression and anxiety, and author of the children's book, Sometimes Daddy Cries. suck you you just suck at noticing that your life doesn't suck so as soon as you realize that you're you're the one that's sucking then you and then uh, you can change you uh sucking it uh not noticing uh things aren't that bad you just because so what i'm saying is your life doesn't suck it's actually pretty cool hello and welcome to another episode of bunny hugs and mental health I am Todd Rennebaum. This is the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, and thank you for listening. Uh, This week's guest, what an amazing guy. He is inspirational, he's silly, and he looks funny, and uh, he's silly. He is the world's worst motivational speaker, Leonard McCrensky, better known as Rodney Norman. Now, if you never heard of him, I can understand, but I'm sure you've seen him, you've heard him. He, he His one video alone, he figures, has around 300 million views. Uh, he, he says inspirational things and uh, inspirational videos. Um, yeah, uh, you've heard him. You've, you've heard, you've seen him before. Uh, anyway, before I introduce him, I just want to tell everybody, thank you again so much for reaching out, talking to me leaving me notes, inspirational things, um, great comments about the podcast. Again, please follow me on Instagram, Bunny Hugs Podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm even on uh, the the TikTok now, uh, Bunny Hugs Podcast. Uh, I'm I'm fairly active on on social media. Uh, So yeah, follow, follow me on there. And please, please, if you listen to this, please leave a rating and review on Apple and I think Spotify you can do it as well. It it actually means a lot. One more thing before I introduce Rodney Norman. Next week I'm speaking to Tara Newell and uh, she's probably someone else you you maybe don't recognize her name but you've you've heard something about her story. There is a a documentary I think on Showtime or HBO and uh, uh like a an acted scripted series on Netflix called Dirty John and this is about her mother and her story. She she is the person that actually killed Dirty John, her mother's uh, stalker, lover guy. So, I speak to her uh, next week and don't miss that one. It's it's pretty it's she's another really interesting person and guest and just a wacky story and and uh, she talks about having PTSD and 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 how she copes with it and how she's a life coach now and stuff. So, so another fascinating episode. Uh, one more thing before Rodney, I have to apologize for some reason. I recorded this episode and my mic wasn't working, so the mic on my computer picked up my voice. So the audio isn't very good, uh, and it just so happens that Rodney's audio is also not very good. Uh, so I apologize for that. Um, it's not the greatest quality sounding episode. So if this is your first time listening, just know that this, is, this isn't this is the norm. Um, and you, you can listen to all the other episodes and they, they sound pretty good, uh, depending. Some, some aren't great over Zoom, but th- this episode in particular, both of us don't sound great. So I apologize for that. Uh, about halfway through, Rodney's gets a little better. But uh, anyway... Rodney and I talk about a little bit of everything from philosophy to uh, faith to uh, his time in the military to uh, politics a little bit. Um, And yeah, it's all just really great stuff. And it's just a complete and utter honor to speak with the world's worst motivational speaker. So without further ado, I give you Rodney Norman. Yeah, his name is Leonard McCrunsky. He's been a project that I've been working on for a while. 
and uh, he just he just had to became, became more famous uh, than I was uh, be, before I was really ready for it. So, um, so I wasn't sure if you were going to be in character or if uh, <laughs> you were going to be this guy, this guy, or that guy. Well, I'm this guy, but I can be that guy if you need me to be that guy. <laughs> well, maybe later. Yeah. I uh, I have to say I was I was I was a little disappointed to find out he was a character. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> like, oh, I want that person to be a real person. Well, I've I've had a lot of people who are, who've, who've said that to me, and uh, I I it, it cracks me up every time I hear it. But yeah. <laughs> You're better off. You're so. So, do you take offense to that? Oh no, no, not at all. Because you know, I look at it this way. It's like uh, it's kind of like uh, saying, "Why wow, you're such a great actor? We had we had no idea. You know, you 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 pulled one over on us." Yeah. Well, that's true. It's not. Uh, we like you better as someone else. Well, that's basically what they're saying. But I don't get it. <laughs> Hey, we, we, you're nice and all, but we like the other guy that's not real. So, oh, okay. <laughs> you're too normal. That's boring. Yeah. Which is true. I, I totally agree. So this is a, a mental health podcast. So I, I, I mean, I don't know if you've had mental health or mental illness issues. Uh, not, not personally, but I have been around it enough quite a bit throughout my life. Well, as I like to say, uh, to read my family history, you have to have a working knowledge of the DSM-5. So, which I do not. Uh, I, uh, um, I I was just gonna. I just thought it was really great that your character was it Leonard McCrunsky? McCrunsky, yep. Just how inspirational he is for people, and that I think you actually help a lot of people that you know put a smile on their face, and uh, you know it's always it's inspirational messages you give yeah well yeah you know he was uh yeah he's, he's patterned after my grandfather who was a an alcoholic and so you know come from a family of uh you know uh, that's that's had issues with uh, substance abuse and um you know most of my family have, have been on some sort of uh, psychological drugs through most of my life so i've been around all of those issues and the, the the character himself really is uh, the the goal I, I guess is that he's he's uh, the world's worst motivational speaker. <laughs> um, but in so being, he becomes the best motivational speaker because you know, all of the pretense that you get, you know, all these guys are the gurus on Instagram or whatnot. They always get on there and go. Hey man, you you deserve to be uh, happy today, and I'm here to give you permission to be happy. You know that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah, as soon as it pops up, you know it's a good looking dude. He's got a great tan. He's standing in front of his multi million dollar home. He's got his Ferrari and a Lamborghini and parked in the front. Yeah, you, know, you pull up to that. It's like this guy has has no idea what my life is like. You know, he can't relate to me. This is and you just kind of gloss your eyes, roll them, and move on. You know. And even though they might actually have something important to say, and you would agree with everything they have to say, you don't want to hear it coming from them. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, here comes uh, my uh, character who just does not care about any of the social cues about, you know, the pretty hair, or what he looks like, where he's at. None of that matters. Because ultimately in life, none of it does matter. The big cars, the big houses, the all the money none of that really matters when it comes down to it especially with health you know when, when it comes to your your mental health pursuing all that stuff and thinking that you're supposed to have that that somehow your life is lacking because you don't have that that's the problem that's the message that needs to be told is that this whole continuous pursuit of to have more and more stuff doesn't solve any of your problems that usually creates more problems Absolutely. I think capitalism itself is a mental illness. Well, it does. It, well, you know, any government system that is, uh, you know, it, they, they all cause problems. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's, but it's that, it's, it's that, yeah, you know, it's that, that constant, uh, you need, you need to have more and you're, 
your life is lacking because you don't have what we have. It's a horrible, it's a horrible cycle to, to, to continuously pursue and, and push. And I love that you're huge on social media because social media is terrible for that shit. Everybody posts their holiday pictures and all the things that are wonderful in their life. So then you're comparing yourself to everyone around you and, and everyone's prettier and richer and happier. Where, and then you come on there and you're, fucking hair is a mess and your beard has been combed in a week and you're you're just yep i have the videos uh, they talk about my car being broke down on the side of the road you know uh, (laughs) which is true (laughs) i'm currently sitting in a car that doesn't have reverse (laughs) (laughs) i have to be careful where i where i I park you know i have to either always park on a on an incline so i got a little bit of a grade down so i could back up or pull straight through it's funny because I, I, I googled you well when uh, I, I saw a, a video of of you doing one of your things and i was like oh my god this guy would be it would be amazing to have this guy on for for the podcast so then i googled you and the first thing that came up was you doing some stand-up comedy you didn't have a beard you had short hair and i was like what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then you started talking, and I was like, "Oh my god, that is him!" Yeah, but you you do stand up, obviously. Like, well, actually, when, when, for the character, did you grow the beard and the hair out for the character, or were you just doing that anyway? Like, you just, uh, you know, uh, my father always had a beard, and I always admired it and wanted to have a beard. But through most of my my adult life, especially in my twenties. When my beard came in, it was in like six different colors and it was kind of splotchy. So it looked like a calico cat was dead on my face. You know, it was just, it just didn't look right. As I got older and started going gray, I went ahead and I grew it out and I loved it. I was like, oh yeah, this is it. And uh, I've always, and I, I was, I, I had a cousin who used to play Santa Claus all the time. Oh, yeah. And he had passed away a few years ago. And so I kind of, as a tribute to him, I decided I wanted to start doing, sort of being Santa Claus. And so I started growing out the beard and I just, I loved it. And I've just, I just, I just dig it. And then with the character, just sort of kind of fell in with it. So <laughs> my grandfather was actually clean shaven all the time. Um, but so, so this is sort of the, the, but no, I love, I love the beard. I love the hair. I just, uh, I just totally dig it. You know, people keep telling me, oh, you're going to shave it. I'm like, how boring. You want me to look like everybody else? No, thanks. I've done that. It's not, it's not a good look. <laughs> That's right. you got a big, you have a big personality. You need to, you know, you need the outside to match the inside. Exactly. This this ego will not be contained by my by my skin alone. <laughs> That's why I, I like the big mustache on myself. Yes, yes. Anyway, That's, the uh, mustache part—that's the—that's the thing that I'm really digging. Yeah. <laughs> this guy can never figure out how to get the whole handlebar mustache. You you have to be constantly grooming it into place. It's uh, people ask me if I use wax, and it, I say it depends what I had for breakfast. That's really what's holding it together. <laughs> peanut butter sometimes, sometimes well, most, most waxes but people don't realize that those waxes get they'll they kind of they they'll they'll burn my skin you know because they kind of work their way down onto my skin and they started started burning my skin so i don't use much of those things anymore back in the day it was earwax is what they used earwax so, oh i could i could do that so there you go <laughs> so where did you grow up and how did you like become the person that you are well i i grew i grew up in utah my father was a diesel mechanic who built race cars so i i grew up around uh yeah race cars through most of my childhood and uh you know mormon? Right on, uh yeah yeah mormon i did a mormon missionary in new jersey oh. a couple of years and then when i came off that i joined the marine corps and then uh, I've also got a, de- a bachelor's degree in philosophy. And I've been an actor and a comedian. And I started doing comedy in 1998. But I've been in some form of theater and acting, improv, all that kind of stuff since I was a kid. Hmm. Just love it. 
Uh, are you, do you still practice Mormon? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still card carrying member. I was in Utah a couple of years ago. I'm, I live in Saskatchewan, Canada. I don't know if you yeah. know who that is. Yeah, yeah, I do. Rough Riders. And, uh, yeah, that's right. Well done. I love Canadian yeah. football. Well, well right you guys, on. You guys uh, spread it out. Who, who's your favorite team? Um, uh, <laughs> well, Just say the Rough Riders. Uh, I'll go with Rough Riders. Attaboy, yeah, that's good. <laughs> anyway, I, I drove through Utah. What a beautiful state. Oh, it is. It's probably one of the most, I think it's the most beautiful state of all. Probably the only, the only other two that would give it a run is Hawaii and Alaska. Uh, I've been to Alaska. I haven't been to Hawaii. But yeah, Alaska's pretty, well, I mean, they're di beautiful for completely different reasons. Yes, them, but... yes, yeah. Well, Utah's got everything. I mean, we only spent maybe, we basically just drove through it, but we spent the night just outside Salt Lake City and we, Went out to, I think it's Antelope Island out on... Oh, the yeah, lake. yeah, the Great Salt Lake, yeah. Yeah, oh, man, it was just intensely beautiful. Like, it was... I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah, and it's, then it's... the next day, we were in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, <Yep. laughs> it was very different. That's, that's how... Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, a whole different kind of beauty. Yeah. <laughs> As, as a Mormon, do you drink alcohol at all? Uh, no, no, I, I don't drink. And mostly that, I think, is actually attributed to my grandfather. Because, like I said, he was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. So he was always drunk. But he would get, when he was just lost, he was just, he was happy and kind of melancholy. But when he got too drunk, and then he got mean and violent. And so every time he got really mean, we had, you know, we had to leave. Uh, we'd pack us up and we'd all take off and, and there were times where we would go to visit, and she would go in to check and see if he was drunk, too drunk for us to visit. And so there was those times where, you know, I, I, I attributed as a kid that alcohol and that smell ruined my grandfather. Because when he wasn't drunk, he was great. But when he was drunk, you know, he was a mixed bag. And he would, you know, and he could get very angry and, and mean. And, and it, and, it, it, you know, as a kid, it hurt me to see that. And so as a, as a young young boy, I just decided I wanted nothing to do with alcohol. And I've never had, never tried it, never cared for it, never wanted to even go down that road. Because, you know, I saw what it did to my grandfather, and I just I wanted nothing to do with it. Like, I'm, I'm five years sober now. I had to go to treatment and stuff. Oh, I had a bit of a go, but no, thank you. Yeah. Um, but how, how hard is it for you to... I guess it's not hard at all, but like being, going to like clubs all the time to perform and being around alcohol and drunk people and stuff, is it uh, well, triggering I'm, at I'm all? Not, no, it's not, it's not triggering. It's not, um, if anything, you know, I, I understand, you know, because I understand my grandfather was going through, you know, it was a way that he was trying to deal with his own pain and his own, own frustration of his own life. And so I, I understand that. I also know that there's a, a been around it, you know, you know, when you go to races, people are drinking all the time. So I've, I've and plus in the Marine Corps, I've been around alcohol my whole life. I've just never, and I don't look, you know, this thing, I don't look down on people because they drink. I don't, I don't have that kind of, that, uh, the weirdness. I don't, yeah, I don't think I'm superior to anyone because I don't drink. I'm just, I know that it's a better choice for me and everybody else can make their own choices. And, uh, but no, I've never been really tempted or triggered or anything. Doesn't really, doesn't really uh, bother me one way or the other. Right. So you think you're superior because your beard? Yes, the beard is why I'm superior. <laughs> and a well, marine, and and being marine. Right. And I studied philosophy. Fair enough. So I mean, there's uh, what I'm saying is there's a lot more, there's a lot better reasons why I'm be why I'm better than other people. Other than <laughs> uh, was it your purpose to inspire people with this character or was it just something um, you thought would be funny I, I think i kind of both i think with, with my comedy i've always wanted to um be a little smarter and mm -hmm. more you know more just more positive i guess and you know when covid hit the character just sort of it was just sort of this you know the perfect storm 
because here I wanted to be funny and enlightening and in fun. And I wanted to just, just be funny for the pure sake of being funny. But I wanted to talk about things that nobody else is talking about. You know, all my comedy friends were all complaining about toilet paper and wearing masks and all that stuff. I just wanted to talk about anything other than what everybody else was doing. And so it, it just kind of fell into it as just, just being positive and fun and happy and just realize that no matter how bad life gets, it's not that bad that we, we make it worse in our own heads um, in anticipation and, and whatnot and are trying to, you know, having all these desires of what we want it to be. And it's never that. And then when we get what we thought we wanted, it's never what we thought it was going to be. And, you know, that whole cycle. And I just thought, man, I'm just going to start making fun of that. There's so much material there when you start talking about the human brain and the way we think and the way we do things. And uh, it's, it's just been an absolute desire. Uh, uh, it's been a blast getting to do it. And, you know, the, the way it's helped people, that's been, that's the thing that, that really has blown me away is that how many people have really identified with this character and identify with the things that I make fun of and how I talk about life. And so many people who have, you know, uh, it still gets to me, but I've had so many people who have told me that they were ready to check out, that they were ready to take their life. And they came across one of my videos and they sort of just pulled them out of that funk. They just realized, hey, my life is actually not that bad. I, I can I can pull through this and get through it. And those that 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 to me is probably the most rewarding thing of all of this is just seeing that, you know, here these silly, just kind of dorky videos are really kind of helping pull people out of their own funk. You know, because we've all been bombarded with all this fear and anger and frustration all for you know it's become everything it's everything is that now and and here i come along you know every every video that you see every post you see it's all anger and bad and conspiracy theories and all these terrible things that here i come along uh, you know in the middle of the woods jabbering on about accordion players and cookies and all of a sudden it's like hey yeah okay things aren't that bad <laughs> <laughs> how many videos did you make before you, you like you kind of went viral didn't you with or was yeah, it I had, gradual i had one video that just took off like crazy i mean it, it's still going crazy even now it's been two it'll be two years on june 1st since it was released and it's we, we tried to calculate it but it's been re-memed and repurposed by so many people um that we we estimate that it's been seen by over about over 300 million views wow in all of its various forms i'm guessing it's the one i shared about two years ago <laughs> i almost felt bad sharing it because i was like you know i'm i'm, ex I'm exploiting this weird hobo in the world <laughs> should i be yeah. doing this yeah that's and a, then, uh, I, I had a lot of people who reached out to me. They were like, uh, you know, concerned for my safety. And uh, was I getting proper attention and all that stuff. And all it was was just my bumbling, uh, innocent character trying to explain the George Floyd uh, situation without offending anyone. Right. That was the inspiration behind the whole thing. It's, just, you know, how to talk about <laughs> it without offending anybody. And so that was the whole, you know, pausing, confused, and the weird language. Yeah, and, and it just connected. Uh, okay, and everybody over here saying stuff, and then everyone over here is saying, oh. "No, don't say that stuff." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but maybe it was longer than that one because I don't know. It was one where you were just basically being like, um, "Love yourself" and all this stuff, and have a good day. And all. I can't. It was just inspiring. It wasn't. Uh, I, yeah, I had. Yeah. yeah, yeah. there was the other, the second one, well, the third one that really took off was, um, that got me on TikTok. It's the one that was one, it's about a minute long, and I'm just saying, you know, uh, if you're alive, if you're seeing this, you're still alive, and... Right, right. You know, yeah, life isn't so one. bad. Yeah, that one, that got, it got uh, duetted by Howie Mandel, and that's what... He's a Canadian. 
Yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> I noticed when I was listening to your stand-up that it is very clean. Like, it is very family-friendly. There's no swear words. It's not negative. It's not blue. But it's just, just, just good, silly, fun stuff. Yeah. And yep. I'm assuming you, you do that on purpose. Yeah, well, well, for one, I'm just not a very profane person anyway. I'm not really, uh, I've never really been into the, the real dirty material. Yeah, and again, it's not that I'm trying to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm more blessed and holier than thou. God likes me more than you. It's just, uh, I, I just want to make everybody laugh, you know, not just uh, people in a bar. And of also the idea that my kids are going to see this and my grandkids are going to see this. My mother watches everything I put out. So I think part of that is a, a just, I, I just, I, I, I don't, I'm not a, afraid of talking about controversial issues, but I don't, I don't really see comedy. At least my comedy is a, you know, I'm not trying to change the social, uh, structure i'm not trying to break break down social norm i'm just trying to be funny and make people laugh and that's almost harder to do it it is because i think we've you know comedy changes over time and and a lot of comedy now is just uh basically uh, uh cheerleading and throwing rocks at things that we hate and i just i, I just don't like it and i, I mean it's still people who do that i've still think it's funny i still it's very talented what they do but i just uh i just see i want to do something else i just i don't i don't i don't want to be like everybody else that to me is just uh that's well covered it's a well covered area they're, they're all doing that so i'm just going to do my thing yeah right well well you're good at it it oh, reminds thanks. me a bit well yeah you're welcome you're welcome it reminds me a bit of uh like jim gaffigan because he's the same way it's very clean very yeah, family yeah. friendly and and uh, yeah, he works really hard at, at doing it that style. Um, so yeah, so uh, how long were you in the Marines? I did a four year stint back in ninety one to ninety five. I joined because of the first Gulf War, and then mm -hmm. it was over before I was even out of my first week of boot camp. So I ended up just sort of having a. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, uh, hey, we're going to war. There's all these, all, all this. We have all this money. We have all this stuff. We're going to, yay. And then as soon as the war was over, they just cut everything. And then yeah. it was kind of crazy. Yeah, Americans in war were kind of stupid about it. I, I, don't know if you guys are, <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with our work, but. <laughs> yeah, I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said it, not me. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, and then with it, yeah, well, you know, I was a very, you know, patriotic kid growing up, and I love my country, and uh, and then joining the Marine Corps opened my eyes to a lot of things, and it's like, wow, uh, this isn't this isn't the uh, this isn't what they were saying it was, but but no, I'm still <laughs> still proud proud moment. I still, uh, yeah, I'm very proud about having been a Marine, and uh, it was a great time, a uh, great experience in my life. And, and I'm glad we are today. Yes, it, it, very much so. Yeah, yeah. I know a few people that. Uh, well, again, I just talked to a guy that did 27 years in the Canadian military, and it's like, I don't know how many people come out of the military with mental health issues, and it's like, well, yeah. That's... Oh yeah, and yeah, they they do because it. Well, it really changes the way you see and think about everything. Right. You know. And especially yeah. if you actually end up going to war, which so many, you know, recently have been going through. I mean, to, to, to do the things you have to do, it's going to mess you up, you know. I mean, you and this, and a lot of them go through, They, you know, they're, where every single day the, the threat of being killed is, is constant and continuously present. And you're always on guard. And then all of a sudden they say, okay, you go home now. And then, and without any real debriefing at all, they just kind of come and drop you back into society and say, okay, you're on your own. I, you know, that's after, you know, when you're in the military, you have that constant, you have that constant support structure. You constantly have, you know, your, uh, your, your fellow Marines, your fellow soldiers, and 
you have your command structure. If you have, if you need something, you can. You, you, you know, it's always there. Your medical, your mental, all that's always there. And then when you get out, it's just gone. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to get what you rightfully are supposed to uh, have, you have to fight for it. You have to go and prove to them that you're crazy or that you are you're, that you're damaged to get get any kind of help. And then the whole process of trying to get help makes it even worse because now you become even more anxious and more paranoid and and it's it's horrible what 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 has happened to so many. Yeah, absolutely. And I had friends that went to uh, Bosnia and Afghanistan that were he was an officer. And so he didn't, I don't think he saw any action, but it, still, he was like, he was completely disillusioned. Like he came back, he was like, it's useless. I have no idea why we're even there. Everything we're being told is working, isn't working. And it's like, we're doing nothing. And, you know, it's so then he, you know, he gets frustrated and yeah. 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 You dedicate yourself to the service of your country and then your country sends you over to a country that has nothing to do with yours to, um, and to have, you know, people that you know and work with being killed, and a lot of it is just pointless and unnecessary. And it's like, yeah. what, 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 what is this? Why, why yeah. are we doing this? Yeah, I, know. I didn't mean to get into the military stuff. Oh no, it's, it's fine. But uh, you are American, so <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> it's it's kind of a big part of the culture in a way down there. And it's really sad. It really, it really. and it's disheartening especially you know because the idea of you know like world war ii you know fighting the clear you know who's right who's wrong having that distinction and then but but as you get involved and you see things as you get older you realize that none of this is black and white none of this is you know it's like i tell people uh you know most conflicts, uh, you don't need to pick a good guy or a bad guy because most of the times they're both right and they're both wrong. You know, I mean, and, and to sit there and say, oh, well, this guy's better than that guy. It's like, yeah, that's not when it comes to war. No, it, it, it's usually just two bad people doing ter- doing bad things to each other. Yeah. And so to try to decide, well, this. Yeah, it really is. And. You know, this is why we, we, we really need to rethink the way we do governments and everything because we've given they've they're becoming more powerful and even more invasive in our lives. And you know, and I said they're I mean, just look I mean, obviously look what you guys you had to go through in Canada with uh, Trudeau. That that dude is uh that dude is, well, I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> I know <laughs> I don't mind him. Okay. I, I don't love him. I, I could take him or leave him. I'm neither here nor there. But, but honestly, you know, I try not to let that. St- I try to make my bubble very small. I control what <laughs> I can control. Control what I can control. Yes, and that's it. Well, you know, and that that really is my message that I keep trying to convey to people. You know, especially through the characters, the the predominant philosophy is stoicism, which is exactly what you're saying. If I have no control over it, then why am I worrying about it? You know, I mean, you you still want to be involved. You still want to be paying attention. But at the same time, there's so many things that go on that you just you have no control over. And they're going to happen whether you like it or not. If you want to stand on a street corner with a sign and yell at people about it, you ain't going to change anything regardless. Right. Um, Which I do sometimes. But ultimately, I mean, it's just you and your your life. You just your experience. This is what you have control over, and this is what you should be concerned with. And you yeah. should be doing things to keep yourself healthier and happier. And and because it's all these things coming out of the into, out of the world coming into you, and you 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 feel powerless because you have all these things that you think are important, and you can't do anything about them. And that's where the fear and the anxiety comes from. But when you let all that go and say, I, this has nothing to do with me, ultimately, I'm just going to worry about me. You'll find yourself uh, in a much happier and healthier place. Well, you know, there's in stoicism, there, it comes down to the things that you have control over and things you don't have control over. And the things you don't have control over, why are you ever worried about them? 
it doesn't mean ignore them. It just means give them the proper place and attention. And if there's nothing you could do, then why, why bother? You focus on the things you can do, but there's also a kind of a third middle area where there, there's a place where you can have influence. I'm sorry. I'm just hearing this as Leonard. I'm just hearing this as you're <laughs> I know you're trying to be serious, but it's, oh, so there's, so there's things you can do and there's things you can't do. And then there's stuff you can do. You sort of, you sort of start to kind of do some of this stuff. But it doesn't really change anything, but at least you feel like you're changing something, and that is important to you. Because if you feel like you're in control, then you're in control. But if you don't feel like you're in control, then you're not in control. And so then why are you not get worried about being in control when you don't have control? But if you're in control of things you are in control, <laughs> then you're doing pretty good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, I learned that in AA, actually, the serenity prayer. Uh, yes, you're familiar with it. Yes, yes, very yeah. familiar. So, sto- so, what do you call it? Sto- stoicism? Stoicism. Stoicism. It's an ancient that's philosophy. Really? Yes, it's a philosophy called stoicism, and it's just about how to conduct your life, how not to get upset about things. That don't take any of this personally. Life is not fair. It's never going to be fair. Um. Good things, bad things all happen to everybody, and it doesn't really mean anything. It's just it's just life. Look at you using your college to degree in philosophy. Yes. Yeah, that's been the funnest <laughs> thing is that is that uh, I've had uh, you know a lot of friends, people I went to school with, you know, went on to become professional philosophers and get into college and teaching. And I had considered going that route for a while. But here I am making these silly videos, and I think I connect with more people and teach more about philosophy than any of those guys. And they're getting, uh, you know, big bucks from the colleges to teach. <laughs> I'm getting Facebook. Facebook doesn't pay you. No, I've not made a single dime from Facebook. Oh, <laughs> not at all. Well, no, they tell me I'm supposed to, and they keep sending me links saying, "Hey, you should be monetized." And then I click the link and then it goes to nowhere. So I I think I'm getting ripped off by Facebook. Well, yeah. If one video has gotten 300 million views, then even one cent a view, you know. That's, yeah. Yeah. There are people who have stolen is. my video, repackaged it, who have made more money on it than I have. Uh, and, I want to swear, but I know you don't like it. But there, and there's nothing I, 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 no matter what I do to try to correct it, you know, I get people, you know, I've had people's videos taken down because they stole, they basically stole my work. And I, I, I'm like challenging them because, you know, I know they're making money off. They're not giving me any credit. And I have to, because, you know, it's my, it's my livelihood to a certain mm-hmm. degree. It's my likeness and they're stealing it to use it for their own good. And then they get mad at me for doing it. I'm like, what is that? What? What? <laughs> yeah, I just I, had I, this conversation with someone else. Oh, it's it's insane. It's yeah. it's like, why are you being such a jerk? I'm like, what? <laughs> You're stealing from me. What? Are you, what? what how, why am I the jerk in this situation? You never. Uh, well, I had one guy who was doing taking my videos, and he was. Um, um, putting uh, titles on it saying uh, man with Alzheimer's or um, man with dementia, you know, so he was making, he was using the videos to mock people with dementia. And I'm like, that's not what any of this is about. And I got, I got, I went after that guy pretty hard. Cause I was like, I'm not letting you do this. Well, that's a class act. Yeah. It was like, and I contacted him directly and I said, Hey man, you need to, you know, take these down because you know don't don't have that title. Don't make fun of people with Aspergers and whatnot. And uh, also, maybe you should credit me for the videos. And because uh, uh, he started making money on YouTube using my videos, yeah. So I went after him with YouTube pretty hard. Got him shut down. So well done. Yeah, I just had this exact same conversation about an hour ago with a friend of mine who makes memes and videos on uh, Instagram. 
And she's like, fine, someone steals my meme once in a while. But she made a really heartfelt video. It took her like a year of like, because she's bipolar, so she would video herself in her different manic, you know, states and stuff. And someone, someone stole her thing and repackaged it, like you said. And then she went after them. And then they were like, why are you being a jerk, man? Like, same exact same story. It was like. Yeah, it's like, what? I said, you're, you're taking what I created and turning it into completely something against exactly what I was not doing. Yeah. You know, you completely are mocking and ridiculing things that I don't want it to be mocked and ridiculed. And uh, I'm the bad guy. Yeah, really. Yeah, weird. I mean, it's your, it's your face. It's your voice. It's everything. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, yeah. and, and most of the people who have re-memed it, I really don't care. Yeah. Because, yeah, it is getting my vote, my face out there. I mean, they can't stop that. Yeah. And it's piqued a lot of people's curiosity trying to figure out who I am. And <laughs> so they're searching for me, which is great. So, you know, that's fun. I found you. I yeah. can't believe I did it. but. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, have you gotten more gigs and more uh, fans, like stand-up comedian fans because well, of this? Some, well, one of the things I'm finding is that most of the people who follow me are not fans of comedy, which is kind of weird and probably says something about about me, I guess. But, um, <laughs> well, no, because I, I've been doing, doing more stand-up shows, and what we're finding is that most of the people who are coming to see me, I'm the first comedy show they've ever gone to. Oh, so that, that's a, that's a lot of a lot of my audience. I would say at least 60, 70 percent of my audience when they come see me, I'm the first comedy show they've ever been to. Wow. So that's so it's a different kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And Being heckled. I, I don't. I, I've never really I've never really gotten heckled. I've had to deal with it a couple times in my life, but mostly not. It's kind of. I think people realize uh, uh, I'm a little too uh, weird, so they just kind of sit there and watch and wait to see what's happening. <laughs> nobody, nobody feels like they need to help me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this, yeah. there's, there's a train wreck about to happen. Let's just sit back and see what ha- what goes on here. <laughs> How often do you get recognized just walking around? It's becoming more and more often. I... Uh, I would just drove from uh, Connecticut out here to Utah this last last week, and I was at a truck stop in Pennsylvania. And I'm sitting there. I was looking for some uh, duct tape or something to fix part of my the my bumper was flapping in the wind that was ripped. So I was looking for some duct tape to keep it so it would stop. And so I'm wandering around this truck stop looking for duct tape, and this lady just kind of pops out of nowhere. She goes, are you Rodney Norman? And I'm like, "Um, yeah. And she goes, are you for real? I mean, you know who I'm talking about. You know who Rodney Norman is, right? And I go, yeah, me. Oh, yeah, of course, you. Yeah, okay, so you you are him, right? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I saw you in the parking lot, and I I just I told my boyfriend, stop, because we were leaving. You saw you get out of your car. And I was like, that's him. He's like, why would he be in Pennsylvania? And she goes, I don't know, but that's him. I gotta, I know it's him. I gotta go. So she comes in and runs all over truck stop to find me, and uh, it was just, uh, it was just kind of a funny little thing. And so I'm like, well, we're here. You want to get a picture? And she's like, <laughs> yeah. So she hurries. Up. She already had her phone ready to go, but she had it hid under her jacket, so I couldn't. <laughs> but I'm like, come on, I know. Let's do a picture. You know, don't be afraid to get a, ask for a picture. It was fun. So and then I, I had one guy. I'm sitting there. I'm filling up my gas. You know, the, at the station. I'm just standing there, and this guy kind of leans over the the from the pump to the side of the pump. And just kind of leans over and looks at me and goes, "Hey, are you riding Norman?" I go, uh, "Yeah." And he goes, "Love your videos, man. Those are pretty awesome." <laughs> like, cool, thanks. He goes, "Have a super day, awesome day, man. Uh, you too." So that's, it's been happening more and more. It's kind of fun. Uh, do they expect you to be more like Leonard? Usually? I think so, some people do. I, I, a lot of the ones who are kind of the diehard ones, the ones who I think would want to meet me, have figured it out. You know, they've seen the live videos. They've seen the other videos that I've done, the other characters that I've done. 
because mm. uh, I I, really, I was really working on a whole cast of characters that I was starting to put together on my for my live show and and stuff. And this was just one character. He just happened to be the one that took off and mm. the one that people really identify with. So, so all the characters would have beards and long hair. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, throw another character at me. Well, I don't know if you if you're aware, but uh, um, oh yes, yes, I've uh, been moonlighting, as you say, uh, Santa Claus. Um, well, actually, I've been moonlighting as Rodney Norman. Uh, actually, actually, I'm Santa Claus, but it's a little boring in the North Pole, so I find the opportunity whenever I can to to venture out. Uh, of course, I can't get rid of the beard or the mustache because uh, uh, you can't really actually be Santa Claus with a fake beard, of course. Um, can, I, can I ask you a question, Santa? Sure. Are, are you considered Canadian or Russian? Well, actually, um, it's in the North Pole. Is uh, Antarctica is uh, owned by all the nations. Well, it's actually owned by the Illuminati, but... Um, Antarctica, that's so. Well, yes, I know, but uh, we do have a base there as well. But the, the oh. North <laughs> is actually because it's frozen; it's actually water. Um, it's uh, it's uh, governed by maritime laws, and so we are actually are our own entity. We're neither Canadian oh. nor. Uh, I, I can I can hear the accent, the maritime <laughs> accent. <laughs> Interesting. So, so you're a serious Santa. Yes. Uh, uh, look it up. You look up uh, Santa does stand up. You'll find it. It's on Dry Bar. It's one of my funnest. Oh, okay, that's where been. I saw your, some of your other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I saw some of your other stuff in there. What What is that Dry Bar? Is that a club or is well, that a, it's um, a website. What it was is uh, there was a company called uh, VidAngel that would uh, make. They had a service where if you wanted to watch movies and not have all the nasty stuff in them, they would. You know, it's like, you know, how they'll edit a TV, edit a movie for t to be shown on TV. They would do that mm -hmm. with, and you could select what you wanted to have removed from it. So, you know, any of the sex or the F-bombs or whatever. And so you could pick any movie and they would edit it for you and you, you could watch it. You know, because there's an, uh -huh. there's an important message for everybody in Lethal Weapon 2, right? So, um yes. But they got sued by all the studios. But Disney led the charge against them. And so hmm. instead of continuing down that road, they decided they would just start doing original content that was clean, that was, you know. Um, and one of the things they thought they could do cheaply and easily was to do stand-up because they didn't have to write anything. They could just bring in a stand-up and do it. And so they kind of stumbled onto this thing where, they didn't know any comics. They just contacted uh, the gentleman who um, now runs it, a uh, comedian. He, he was a comedian, and he started Wise Guys Comedy Clubs in, in Utah. They called him up and said, hey, we need comics. Can you bring us comedians? They need to work clean. And, of course, he, you know, he owns a comedy club in Utah. He knows all the clean comics. And so... Uh, he started sending them and they recorded them and started putting out comedy specials that were, you know, PG clean, you know, family friendly mostly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it just took off because there was all these comedians that were not the comedy central demographic. You know, if you weren't, uh, the, you know, comedy central, which were a very specific um, uh, demographic for their comedians, you know, between the 18 and 34 category and everybody outside of that gets ignored. So here's this plethora of comics that have been ignored from by the industry for years. All of a sudden, Drybar is giving them an opportunity, and they were great comics, and it just took off. And so, yeah, it's just it's like Comedy Central, but it's for clean comedy. It's called Drybar. Yeah, huh? Interesting. Uh, I've I've been to websites where they edit out all the clean stuff, and all I get is sex and that <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that. <laughs> I was just on one. <laughs> Is there anything that you, you, you want to tell me about that I haven't asked you about? Oh, gee. Um, well, you have merchandise. Yes. Yes, I have merchandise. In fact, I you know people ask me now what I do for a living, and I quite literally, I just wish people happy birthday all the time. 
because um, <laughs> I do personalized videos. And uh, so I do, you know, during the during Christmas, I do quite a bit of Santa videos for kids. I, I don't really charge for those. It's, it's sort of like yeah, if you can afford it, you know, they'll tip me out. But I usually just do it for free for the kids. And uh, but I do uh, birthday shout outs. I'm on Cameo. That, that I'm there. Plus, you can go through my own site, RodneyNorman.com. And uh, I've, I've done everything from commercials for real estate agents to uh, uh, some gal had me uh, wish her um, happy birthday to her, uh, to her dogs. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's been bizarre. I've, had, uh, uh, I've done uh, a few wedding proposals. I'm uh, I'm four for four on wedding proposals. If, if you have me do your wedding <laughs> proposal, you'll probably she she'll say yes. Oh, that's the other thing I'm getting into now is uh, this sat this this weekend I'm marrying a couple. Oh, you went and got uh, your papers to do that? Yeah, through the Church of the Latter Day Dude. Because <laughs> um, you know, if I, if I try to get permission through the church through my church, then you have to go through a lot of interviews, and then you have to explain why you're it's just it, there's a process and so i just circumvented it and went and got an online ordination so i can perform weddings john smith makes it messy yeah yeah is it john smith joseph joseph smith joseph smith well any any yeah. church large church structure they have their own rules about who gets to you know perform weddings and stuff and so no, I just I'm like this fan this the the couple's not Mormon, they're just fans of mine that wanted me to marry them in character, and I'm like, this sounds like fun. Let's do it. So, so that's something I'm doing now. Are you you live in Utah still? No, no I I have family here, so I'm here quite a bit. But no, I live in Connecticut. Okay, so is the couple in Connecticut, or do you have to travel? No, they're to... uh, they're in Washington State. Damn, so, that's the yeah. side of the country. Yeah. Huh. Well, they must have money. <laughs> well they're they're making it worth, are you charging they're much making it worth my while but no I, it's a weird you know it's a weird asking for money is the weirdest thing for me because i i i don't know i'm not really motivated that much by money but at the same time you know with money i can do things like have a car that can go in reverse and, <laughs> doesn't need duct tape. yes doesn't need duct tape to keep the bumper on you know that so it's kind of a weird, I'm sort of in a weird state where I really haven't made a lot of money, but I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting by. I get from gig to gig and uh, keep myself fed. So uh, I, I'm the same way with money. I've had a couple of businesses and they didn't really work out because I didn't like asking people to pay me for their, for my yeah, services. Doesn't that, that feel weird? It's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was, I just felt good that you asked me to do it. Or, or even with the podcast here, it's like I, I want to, I, I love this doing this and it's doing pretty well. I could get sponsors now, but it's like, uh, man, asking people for money is just weird. It's, I, I guess I, I, I shouldn't be weirded out about it, but uh, we're getting better. I'm starting to get more gigs, more opportunities are coming, which is nice. It's, like I said, it's fun, but I always get somebody online every time I, you know, mentioned that I have a website that I have merchandise. It's like, oh, you're just another one of these uh, greedy jerks. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not greedy. I just, I just want to, you know, I don't know, make a house payment and keep the heat going on my, you know. <laughs> I'm not buying anything fancy. Yeah. I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to buy reverse. Yeah, if I'm just getting reverse in this thing. <laughs> Are you coming to Saskatchewan anytime? I would love to. Um, I've got to get my uh, passport. I haven't. It's, there's a backlog on getting passports here in the states. So, yeah, trying, COVID, trying to get that. Yeah, weird things. Plus, uh, yeah, plus the restrictions. I think still to go to Canada, I have to sit and wait for two weeks. Once I get there, they're still doing that. You know, I don't know. And every province is different, and so I can't keep track of it all. So I don't. Yeah, know. there, there for a while, I was yeah. looking at trying to do do some shows. People had contacted me, wanted me to come up there, and we got looking into it. And uh, yeah, you need a passport, and then I had to register with the government once I got there, 
and prove that I was at a hotel and had to stay there for two weeks and then get tested. And then if I got, then I could get approved to leave. And it was like, by that point in time, it wasn't financially feasible to go at all. So. Well, for a while there was Canadian citizens, even if they went to Mexico for a week on holidays and came back, they would have to spend two weeks in the hotel yeah, yeah. in Canada before. Yeah. And I'm so glad that's kind of tapering off some of this stuff, but whatever. It's been a weird couple of years, man. Oh, it's yes, it has been. I, I, I think a lot of us are kind of woken up thinking, hey, you know, maybe the government doesn't need this much control over our lives. That's part of the are you libertarian? Very much so, yes. Yeah, I can tell. And I'm not judging. I don't I don't care one way yeah. or another. But if if I you know, I'm a little left of center, but uh, if I, if my second choice is libertarian. <laughs> well, well, I like to tell people is that uh, everybody's libertarian. We just it's just really hard to get a bunch of people who hate government to get out there and get involved in government. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like okay, you're not more popular. Well, eh, it's kind of a it's kind of a problem. <laughs> the biggest problem with the Libertarian Party is libertarians. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Never thought of that. Do you have any words of inspiration before you leave, words? Mr. McCrankski? I love it already. God damn it, you're so entertaining. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so. So the purpose, okay, so people always ask me, hey, what's the purpose and meaning of life? Well, if you, okay, so if you believe in a God person or if you uh, don't believe in the God person, the purpose of being alive is the same thing because just the fact that we're here is pretty freaking amazing. I mean, if it's just a God person, then... Uh, it's pretty amazing that the God person did all this for us. And then if there wasn't a God person, then there was just a whole bunch of weird uh, a series of, uh, of uh, uh, strange events that just sort of took place simultaneously over billions of years. And then all of a sudden, boom, hey, hello, here we are. And so regardless of where, which side of, uh, you come from, um, the fact that we're here is uh, pretty uh, pretty cool. And so the purpose to me in life is for you to just find your own purpose and meaning of life and have uh, uh, make the world a better place uh, your way and just uh, have a good time. So if you're not having a good time, you're doing it wrong. Okay, bye. <laughs> Thank you very much, Rodney. You are you are a, a national treasure, an international treasure, actually. I appreciate everything you do. I think uh, you're just a really a really funny guy, really stand up person. Uh, I love your outlook on life. I love that you're a philosopher. You're just you're just a great guy. Uh, and also, a thank you for for the video. Uh, the kind of promo video that you did in the shout out for for the podcast i i really really do appreciate that so thank you again and next week don't forget dirty john killer tara newell uh and yeah her whole her whole story and then how she's dealing with life now uh and uh yeah follow me on the social media stuff leave ratings and reviews and uh, all that fun stuff okay i'll see you next week Thank you for listening, and please subscribe, rate, and review however you are listening to this podcast. It only takes a moment, and it really helps the show out with getting noticed. This episode has been sponsored by Penny University Bookstore, 3104 13th Avenue. Call 639-571-2186 and check out their online bookstore at pennyu.ca. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Conexus. Wellness, however you define it, is achievable. You don't even need to figure it all out by yourself. Talk to Conexus. They'll give you guidance, motivation, and the push you need to reach your goals. They've got you. They're your financial partner and they know you can achieve your very best, your financial best. Prove them right. Start right at Conexus Credit Union. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is also sponsored by Direct West. Are you a business owner looking for new avenues to promote your business? Direct West digital billboards are a great opportunity to highlight a new product, new promotion, or anything else you'd like your customers to know about. You can get local expert marketing help for your business at directwest.com.
If you are having a mental health crisis, please call the Canadian Crisis Number at 1-833-456-4566. In Saskatchewan, the mobile crisis team in Prince Albert is 306-764-1011. In Regina, it's 306-525-5333. And in Saskatoon, it's 306-933-6200. Don't forget to check out my children's book, Sometimes Daddy Cries. Sometimes Daddy Cries is told through the eyes of a boy whose father suffers from depression. He sees his dad get sad, rest, and even go to the hospital, all while comparing his father's depression to a physical ailment. Available on Amazon.ca. I'll see you next time. This is Todd Redebaum saying, make your beds and take your meds. Bye. Bye.